Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the F1 Ramble. This week we're going to be taking a look at the new McLaren livery that are going to be sporting for a special edition of the Monaco Grand Prix, the Monaco Grand Prix itself and some other drivers on the grid. This is Alex and Thiago. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the F1 Ramble. There is plenty to talk about this week from previewing uh, the Monaco Grand Prix to uh, the amazing the amazing feat that Grosjean has managed to do over an IndyCar. But let's start off with the uh, with the McLaren one-off Grand Prix, um, one-off livery for the uh, for the Monaco Grand Prix. Alex, it's absolute beauty, isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely lovely. It's a great uh, sort of retro tribute to the liveries of old. It's got a nice old school feel. Even the, the, the driver's uh, fire suits look pretty smart as well. Um, I think I kind of prefer it to the actual McLaren oh, yeah. livery for this season. Absolutely. It, it's, it's just beautiful. I think the, uh, the, the, that blue and that orange just works so, so well together. And, you know, mm. it, it's such an iconic, an iconic livery, you know, not only in Formula One, but, but in, other, in other series as well. Um, and for McLaren to do that with, with golf is is really good and i think that's something that um you know zach brown has brought into uh, into the team he's trying to to maximize you know those commercial partnerships yeah. as as much as he possibly can and you know mclaren over the years have been a team whose livery has been dictate dictated by uh, by their partners you mm. know in the um in the 90s we had the the marlboro the marlboro livery yeah. Um, yeah and then when they joined when they joined forces with mercedes the reason why you had a silver car all the way through to like 2013 was because of that Mercedes, that Mercedes relationship. Yeah, they so, were the silver arrows of the time, weren't they? Exactly. So it was only when they went back to um, they went back to the Honda that they were able to actually decide what their livery looked like. And although yeah. they 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 done some uh, some pretty smart cars, especially when it was you know the the black livery, which I thought was quite nice. Yeah. Um, and then since then they've just gone back to you know, to their their historic colours. Yeah, and don't worry, I love the papaya. I love uh, seeing the orange or the papaya McLaren out on the grid. But what I like with the, the golf livery is they've not taken like, the orange from golf. They've still incorporated the papaya of McLaren into the orange parts that are within the golf branding. So it's a nice, nice combination of the two. It just, it just looks really smart. I, I really like it. Yeah, it, I think it looks absolutely beautiful. I think probably my favorite livery ever i love how the um the black on that blue as well looks really yeah. really clean and um, i think it's it's such a, a perfect race to showcase it as well um yeah. at the monaco grand prix it's just a shame there's not going to be more spectators i think they've got 40 percent capacity um so it's about seven and a half thousand fans that are going to be be there um but still it's fantastic weekend to showcase such a such a wonderful and iconic livery it's funny you say that because um, Tag Heuer, the uh, the watch uh, manufacturer, they do their uh, their Monaco watch, which is essentially like their main watch. Yeah. Um, they're known they're known for that, and they have done a special one-off livery. Oh, sorry, one-off uh, one-off watch mm-hmm. um, with the with the golf colours as well. Oh, nice. Um, and it, obviously they do they do other watches. They do the Formula One, the Carrera. But it's it's interesting that they've chosen to do the Monaco. Yeah. With the golf, with the golf colours, and then them obviously 
asking McLaren to do this one-off livery at the Monaco Grand Prix. Mm. Um, so obviously they uh, they know how to um, they know how to pick the uh, I guess the best races or, or or the most iconic watches. And and again, they're, they're a massive brand. They've been they've been away from from the sport for a little bit. Uh, but obviously, again, Zach Brown was was able to uh, to entice them back into uh, into F1. Yeah, yeah, it's a good job too. And then, I, li- I like having all these old brands coming back and stuff. Like that. It's just it's just history is kind of repeating itself. It's nice. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Um, and you know, you're saying about um the papaya. Just just to sort of wrap it up on the, on the McLaren front. Um, I was I was one of those people that really wanted the papaya back. Yeah, and then. I don't know if you can hear the ice cream van in the background, but it is what it is. Um, but anyway, when the uh, when the papaya came, I loved it for like the first few weeks, and now I'm at that point where it's like I don't really like it. I think it looks a little bit gimmicky. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I d- it's just it's just me. I don't know. I I I really like it because it's it's. I kind of wish that McLaren had kind of kept it through all these years, the the papaya, and and not been so sort of um, led by by the partners. Yeah, uh, branding, etc. Because it it's it helps to build an identity. Like you think of Ferrari, you think red, you think yeah, Mercedes, yeah. you think silver, and it, I think it, at the moment I think orange or papaya. I think McLaren, but it's a shame they haven't sort of sort of embedded that um, sort of symmetry. I don't know if it's yeah. syner- synergy or whatever. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, to, to, to create their identity more. Obviously, McLaren's a big brand, but you just wanted to associate papaya, McLaren, Ferrari, red. I think, I think McLaren was like one of the first teams to really commercialise F1. Yeah. With, with Ron Dennis, because, you know, back in the day, everyone went racing for, for the love of, of the sport. Mm. And then Ron Dennis was, you know, the first person to... Um, to really start to to commercialize it and turn it into you know into a proper business yeah. and off the back of that you know those 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 you know liveries dictated by the sponsors um became you know more and more commonplace and and they've been you know that has been the identity of of McLaren actually if, if you think all the way back to you know sort of through through their through their history they have been you know a brand that has always used um always used you know a sponsor led livery Mm. um which is which is good i do like i like the sponsors the more sponsors the better for me um and one thing i wanted to talk about though is other one-off liveries that we've had in um in f1 and i've i've did some research on this alex i know you haven't so i want to see if if you've remembered any of these and if they've had their their desired effect on you okay okay so and by the way, Red Bull are one hundred percent the king of one-off deliveries because they've done like five or six. Okay. Okay. Do you remember the Red Bull Superman livery, where essentially it is what it is? It was advertising the Superman movie, and the drivers were like taking pictures with the red capes, and Christian Horner jumped into the swimming pool at Monaco wearing nothing but the red cape. Um, I don't remember that at all. No. So you would think that image would have would have been ingrained in in your you memory. Would, absolutely, I Half don't remember that Christian one at all. Horner. Okay, I know I know Red Bull like to do the whole um, what was it Austin? They they always they they change like the the in Austria. For the drivers. In Austria, yes, they do well, the um, the Ladenhosens. Yeah, but in I, I remember uh, Ricardo 
when he was at Red Bull, he had like they had like cowboy boots on there. Yeah, sort of, for for Texas. On, on, yeah. yeah, yeah, for the for the Austin, yeah. Austin Grand Prix. So more recently, they when they were partnered with Aston Martin, I actually think this was two years ago. They did the Double O Seven. Yeah, they're with, wearing tuxedos. With the um, they've done a Wings for Life, which is a um, it's one of their charities where you were able to, if you donated, you could have your picture in in the car's livery. So oh, the nice. livery, the livery for all the cars was just like thousands of little pictures. Mm. So you could you could have yours there. They did a Star Wars one as well, and they yep. did an, another another Wings Wings for Life uh, special livery. We've had back in the day as well. McLaren did Marlboro Light livery, so instead of being white and, and red, it was white and yellow. Um, obviously, the the Mercedes one from a few years back in in Germany, yeah, where everything went went bad for them. And I don't know if you're aware of this. This is this is by far my favourite. So, someone who is either a genius or very stupid, and I'm going to tell you why I think they're either one or the other. Yeah. decided to do a special one-off livery for Jaguar based okay. on Ocean's just... 12. Ocean's yeah, 12 yeah. Okay, so it, the livery, there's, look, it's nothing to write home about. It's just a, yeah, it's a slightly different livery to what they had. But what they decided to do was to put a $300,000 diamond ring, diamond, diamond, sorry, at yeah. the front of the was car. It, on the, it was on the nose, wasn't it? On the nose, yeah. So we got like a, a million pound plus car driving around with a three hundred thousand pound uh, or three hundred thousand dollar diamond on the nose. Yeah. Firstly, it's like what could go wrong? <laughs> you know, it, it just it it makes no sense at all. But the guy who was driving it, driving it, Christian Killen, actually crashed the car into a barrier during the race, dislodging the diamond. And the diamond has just disappeared. Of course. They've literally, they've lost this $300,000 diamond because the guy has crashed. Stupid idea. It is a stupid idea. But but now it's, and and this is a thing. There's there's a lot of people who who have said that, look, this is arguably a publicity stunt. Which if it is, this is what I'm on about. Like this guy's, they're they're a genius for for doing that because it's such an Ocean's 12 type thing that, that would happen. Got yeah, yeah. But so at the same he's time, crashed on purpose so they can steal the diamond. But this is the thing: there is no way they're going to allow someone to to crash their car during an actual sporting event for marketing reasons. And there's no, there's surely there's no way the FIA would have allowed something to be on the car that could be dislodged. That could be a hazard. Like if you've got that diamond, if that diamond gets dislodged. And it's like bouncing down the road and a car hits it at 100 mile an hour, 120 mile an hour. That's dangerous for the driver. That's like you think you think of the incident with Felipe Massa when that part fell off of Barrichello's car yeah. and smacked him in the head. Yeah, if a diamond, if that diamond had hit someone like that, that's that's quite a yeah, catastrophe. When they said like, you know, dislodging it, like from the pictures, it looks like it was pretty ingrained in, into the nose. But the fact of the matter is apparently this diamond has disappeared so they reckon either you know one of the um one of the marshals just seen it and like just pocketed it or it's just gone off into the sea whatever it might be and maybe yeah, brad brad pitt or george clooney probably took it yeah they have this conversation or you know it could be a stunt but because of the reasons i've just said i've, I've really doubt it was a stunt because it you know when we've had previously someone crash a car on purpose 
Nelson Piquet at the 2008 Singapore Grand Prix. You just yeah, imagine, like, game. yeah, the the repercussions that came with that, and mm. you know the fines and the amount of people that got fired and banned and and whatnot. So I just don't see I don't see them having a a car crash and the safety side of things as well. You yeah, know, like, absolutely. Someone like like Senna, yeah, he was driving, um, you know, really fast, but that that kind of um, that kind of accident would would not normally, you know, um, cause cause you know death, right? It was just yeah, yeah. It was just it's something that sort of snapped, and and I just don't think they would they would do that for the yeah. um, you know, f- for just an for, advert. Yeah, risk risk or, a driver's life just to promote exactly film. Yeah, and and change the the course of an actual sporting event. Yeah, you know, it wasn't during practice; it was during the race. So I, yeah, which makes me think the person was very stupid. Yeah, not a genius. Yeah, I think the whole idea was probably. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned the Ferrari livery from last year. Oh yeah, yeah. Obviously the um, the Ferrari one. I didn't really See, like it to be honest. I, I thought it was a bit pointless. Um, yeah, I prefer I prefer the Ferrari. normal red that they use as opposed to the old it, one. Yeah, for me it was one of those things where I I kind of get McLaren doing it. Like McLaren are on the up, and they're doing really well at the moment, and it's a good time to promote yourselves even more for for branding, etc. But Ferrari, first of all, Ferrari's Ferrari. Who wouldn't want to be involved with Ferrari? But Ferrari having a poor season, and it's kind of like mm, it was their one thousand race it? though. It was their one thousandth race, yeah. But I think uh, tension should have been more on how we can we can we make this car better rather than oh how can we look look good for a thousandth race yeah and um who was it that that died from ferrari like a couple of years back was it wasn't enzo ferrari he was he died ages ago right i have no idea i yeah. have no idea i feel like i've started a point but i don't know where i'm going but i know they had like they just had like um a, a little black line because someone had died just on their nose on their nose of the car Okay, I I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, I forget who it was. Um, but yeah, it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. But but yeah, I, just to finish off the uh, the conversation about the one-off liveries, I do like when they happen. Yeah. Uh, and I like it when they happen and they look as amazing as this one does. Yeah. Yeah. This one this one's nice. Yeah. In regards to uh, the Grand Prix itself, what um what are you thinking? Uh, I think it's going to be like your your bog standard Monaco Grand Prix. I, I love the Monaco Grand Prix. I've got sort of strong emotional connections to Monaco in general. Um, yeah. So I, I just love the whole weekend. Um, I love it. There's a little bit some, something different to it. Like, for example, the drivers, they all have to take part in that um, fashion show. Um, yeah. They all get to do a bit of modelling for the, for the evening. Um, so there's always something glitz and, glitzy and glamorous going on in yeah. Monaco, which I quite like. But it's going to be a it's going to be a processional race as as is expected from Monaco. What's going to be really exciting is the qualifying battle and then the tactical battle between um, Verstappen and Hamilton and Red Bull Mercedes because Red Bull are going to be wanting blood from from Spain. Um, so will they try and do to Mercedes what what they did to to Red Bull? Um, we know Hamilton's good at saving his tyres around Monaco, so um, yeah, we'll see. it'll be. He'll still be complain though. Oh, um, always. Yeah, I think this race is going to be one of those like it's going to be um, dictated by the uh, like by the pit stops because 
you know, you're, you're, I reckon you're going to have the, the cars like, really close to each other. I don't think you're going to see anyone, you know, sort of um, driving off into uh, into distance, especially obviously the, the cars at the front. Um, but then there is, I can't see one of the cars, I can't see a Mercedes or a Red Bull overtaking each other because the speed, the speed difference is like non-existent pretty much. Mm. So I think, you know how last race we had like um, a few slow pit stops? Yeah. If we have one of the teams doing like a four second pit stop and then you have like the Red Bull, for example, doing a, a 1.9 as they, as they can do, I think that is going to be massive. Yeah, this weekend. yeah, absolutely. I think that's the actually the only way you're going to see you're going to see overtaking. Possibly. Yeah. I, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Overcuts and undercuts. That's what yeah. it's going to be. I, I quite like the excitement of just seeing someone come out of the pit lane. You're like, are they going to make it? Are they going to make it? I, I don't mind that. It's Monaco. It's what you expect. But Monaco, Monaco is like is a special, special Grand Prix for me as well. I think when I when I proper became like a a Formula One fan was watching it on on the BBC. So I've not been, you know, I've not been into Formula One like all that long. Maybe like 10, 10, 11 years, something like that. Okay, yeah. Um, but just first of all, like BBC back in the day, they used to do such a good job. Like. The, yeah. the quality of their broadcasting was, was insane. They had Jake Humphrey. That, they had a really good team. And just that alone like, got you quite excited. They explained things really well. I think Martin Brundle was part of that team as well. Yeah, yeah so I just, didn't like Eddie Jordan. Eddie Jordan would wind me up. Yeah. But just, in ge- just in general, those guys were like, really good at, at getting people to, um, to, to join the sport. And this is another conversation we can have about having the Formula One, Formula One races behind a paywall, which is what we have now in Sky, with Sky, yeah. which it, you have to pay like 40 quid a month to to even watch the races but that's uh that's another conversation for another day um but yeah i was watching the monica grand prix i just just managed to click click on the bbc it was the monica grand prix and just watching like how glamorous everything was like the grandstands were packed you had like back in the day like you know you had like the um, you know the grid girls and you had like all the yachts with like literally mm. people with swimming pools inside the yachts and and all of this and like these amazing cars with with these large and life characters as, as the drivers and they were going around like racing literally in a street circuit around these massive hotels this massive casino and like all of it just looked like just amazing like it's just crazy like that is humanity just going like this is what we can do like yeah it, it's just the pinnacle of like i guess yeah i guess glamour fast cars you know Mm. beautiful boats but like, like i said I've, I've i've got a huge emotional attachment to monaco my grandparents used to live out there when, when they first got married um my granddad's office he could watch the grand prix from his balcony so very poor friend- man he's a very yeah poor we've man. got we've got we've got friends we've got friends out there and i remember like a few about three years ago we was we was visiting our friends and um i was just driving my grandparents back home and we was driving through Monaco. Uh, we were staying just outside in a place called uh, Cap Martin, Rockabrune Cap Martin. And I've, they were building, it was end of April we were there and they were just assembling the, the, the track. They were getting all the grandstands put in place. All the barriers were up, all the, the curbing was there. So I took the opportunity to do a lap, albeit at the speed limit. But what was fantastic it was the first time i've ever done it first time i've ever driven in monaco 
even albeit in a higher car and at the speed limit, obeying the traffic laws, etc. But you really appreciate these guys. I was going at 30 mile an hour and I was struggling to get around that hairpin. Like, yeah. And I was thinking, like, these Formula One cars have zero turning circle. And I was nearly on full lock to go around that hairpin. I was like, you really appreciate how tight that track is. Yeah, and I'm sure and you, the skill you, level of the drivers. You'll see some. You'll see some shots this weekend, 100, percent especially in uh, in qualifying and even the race actually. Of you'll see cars where they'll they'll literally touch the barrier with their yeah. wheel, like just the faintest amount, and the barrier will give in just slightly, and they'll just mm. they'll they'll get that perfect to like the millimeter, um, yeah. and and it's crazy. Like and those shots alone are, are ridiculous. There's yeah. the the shot above the um the uh the swimming pool chicane where like mm. the cars just change direction like so quickly from like they turn left and yeah. they turn right just after the swimming pool which is like it, it's just amazing I, I I really really love really love that track and obviously it's going to be different this year because because COVID but like normally on the Friday it's just just a normal day. Yeah, literally, everyone's boozing on the circuit like hours before the race starts because they have the um, they have the free practice on the Thursday. Yeah, so it's the it's the only race of the weekend they always do on a Thursday, and then on Fridays it's literally a day off. Um, yeah, and yeah, Friday night it's literally open. The bars are open. Yeah, yeah. you know, and and one of the drivers, I think it was Lando Norris, that was saying he was surprised that he's surprised at how much grip is still there. Like, if you think you've got people drinking, spilling their drinks in the street and all stuff like that, and he was like, you were surprised. Like, it didn't ruin the track. Yeah, like, but I, it, was still, it was still grippy and everything. Do you not think, like, alcohol would add grip? Water, no, but alcohol. I, I don't think it would add grip. I don't think... To be honest, I, I don't think it would add grip or make it slippery. Martin Brundle said that once, and I, like, whatever Martin Brundle says, I take for gospel. So, oh, yeah, he's... Yeah, I do, I do think he said that. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm like, you know. It might have been Martin Brundle. It might be Martin Brundle. Maybe it's just because they've got Lando Norris on the brain. Yeah, yeah, but like, it's just gonna be, it's gonna be good. Who, um, who have you got sort of your eye on this weekend? Ricardo. Yeah. He he likes Monaco. He does, eh? and and he's in form after. He's gonna be on a buzz after that Spanish Grand Prix. Yeah, um, he had a good, he had a good weekend. And I think Leclerc wants to have a good weekend in Monaco. He's not had a lot of success at his home Grand Prix. Yeah, true. He he's, um, he's, he's really struggled. Yeah, he crashed Monaco. there for uh, for Alpha and Ferrari and Ferrari as well. Yeah, he needs to. Yeah, probably want to have good a good weekend. What do you think that is? Do you think that's just bad luck, or or do you think, think it, it gets I, in his head? I think it was. I think it was a combination. His Ferrari incident. I think that was a combination of. I didn't. I've got to remember this correctly now. But I think Ferrari thought that Leclerc was safe on his qualifying time. Yeah. So they didn't send him out to put another lap in, and he got knocked out. I'm not sure if he got knocked out in Q1 or Q2, but he didn't oh, make yeah. it through. So he was already fighting a losing battle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he was making his way through the pack, and he went to go round. I think he went to go round Kimi Raikkonen or Joe Vanazzi. It was an Alfa Romeo, I think. And he clipped the his rear wheel clipped the barrier, and sent him into a sort of half spin. Yeah, no, that that, that rings a bell. And also, I think last year it was like Hulkenberg and one of the one of the uh, of the racing points. 
um they're like racing each other or two years ago sorry um and then like they they tapped each other and then leclerc was out of position and he he literally couldn't drive anywhere because you had two cars in the middle of monaco and there's literally no yeah. place for you to go and then they had a bit mm. of a um there was a bit of a, of a traffic jam there but yeah i hope he yeah. has a, a good weekend um because he's not been very lucky there no but those um, those are the two i've got my eye on yeah. uh R- ricardo first and then and then and then uh leclerc yeah, what about one of the uh, one of the older guys? You see, you see Kimi Raikkonen or, or Fernando Alonso using their experience at all? Or nah, no. Yeah, do you know what? I I think experience comes in into like your state of mind, but I don't think it comes in into like pace on a lap, for example. Yeah, I, I, the thing is, I, unfortunately, I don't think anyone's going to be paying any attention to Alonso or Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah. All the attention is going to be at the front. It's, it's all the attention is going to be on the, the Mercedes Red Bull battle um, and the McLaren Ferrari battle that's going on. Um, I don't I don't think anyone's going to really pay much attention. I think I think um, I think McLaren are going to have a good weekend um, just because. I think they, they, they their cars probably more suited to, to Monaco this year. Yeah, it's um, weird this year because I, I think. Normally, you start to get an idea of what cars work well yeah. and what type of circuits. But I think this year, there hasn't been, you know, a car that's really stood out no. um, in, in either, you know, really fast circuits or, or um, in, in slower circuits like Monaco. So it'll be good. It'll be good. I do think if there are those cars who, who, are, who are better in, you know, in slower circuits, I think it will, it will be very obvious. I think, I think Monaco has got the potential to have an upset. No, I, I say upset. I just mean like a a potentially new race winner, not a Max yeah. Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton. I think it's got that potential because, again, it's very um, qualifying is so important, and a lot of the cars are so close together at the moment. It's about who's the most ballsiest driver because that's that's how you've got to drive Monaco. Mm. The like, thing is as well with the thing with Monaco that makes it a little bit difficult is that when you normally like normally in a race, uh, Mercedes, for example wouldn't have an issue with or well, there would be an issue but they, they wouldn't really mind pitting pitting hamilton and then hamilton coming out behind signs for example because they would be comfortable that yeah, he's gonna hamilton get past is going to is going to go past him and then yeah. he'll 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 get he'll get on but the thing is with um with the monica grand prix they these the cars at the front they're going to need to create a gap a hundred percent before they can yeah. before they can pit. They can't. You can't afford to get stuck behind a car for too long. Yeah, and I think because of that, because they're going to be playing like playing it extra safe, make sure they never give away track position. I think it's then difficult to have like um, an upset because you know when you have like if you've given away track position and then a safety car comes in. Yeah, you're you're in a bad place. I just think in, in, in Monaco they're just going to play it super safe. Yeah, I I I'm also quite fearful. Um, for Mazapan. Oh yeah. I I I think this weekend I'm fearful for the crowd. Well, I think it's got the potential to have a really bad accident. I think who was it the 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 scariest accident I've seen at Monaco that I remember. Someone might say another one and go, "Oh yeah, that was really bad." I think it was Nico Rosberg in a Williams. Was it Nico Rosberg in a Williams? It was someone in the Williams, and basically they came out of the tunnel and just didn't really stop. 
and just went straight across um, that little chicane. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. And then, and then into the barrier in front. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Nico Rosberg. Leclerc had quite a bad one there as well when it was uh, yeah. Alfa Romeo. Oh, it might have been the clerk. He, he, had, no, the he well. had no brakes, so he literally went into the yeah. back of, uh, of Hartley, I think it was, in the oh, Toro yeah, Rosso yeah. at the time. And then that was a big Yeah, crash. that was a bad one. Yeah. But that, that's, that's, the, that's the, one of the scariest parts of the track mm. for me. Because you're coming out, you're picking up a lot of speed coming through the tunnel. Yeah. And then you're going, and then you're breaking downhill into a left, into a really, like, you're breaking downhill into a 90 degree left hander, 90 degree right hander, 90 degree right hander, 90 degree left hander. The thing is, like, the, um, and obviously, look, 100%, they're going to look into all of this. Um, the good thing is that they're not going that fast as compared to what they do in some other tracks. Yeah. But the thing is, if you saw what happened with, with the barriers for, uh, for Grosjean when he had his crash in, um, in Bahrain. Yeah, they use like the same type of the same type of barrier that, that those like metal ones, and if like yeah. if they're splitting, now it's like it, you sort yeah, of yeah I I, I think questioning like yeah you know, I think I think with that it was just freak it was a freak incident with with Grosjean that he just hit it just at the right angle in order to to do what it did I think but, that's a freak incident but I mean, this it does is happen. this is the thing happen. you need you need to take precautions so that these freak incidents don't happen because have you seen that video of um martin brundle literally mm. predicting um the potential injury death of a driver when i, th- I actually think they're in japan as well there's a car that's crashed and there is a truck removing the um or um yeah a truck removing the um the car. car. A tractor, sorry. There's a tractor yeah. removing the car. And yeah. Martin Brunner was like, this is so dangerous because the way that car's ended there, so could another, another one. one. Yeah. And then, and then we had Joel Bianchi. Bianchi. And yeah. it's like, you know, freak accident. But like, Martin Brundle literally like, yeah, like, I mean, that, that, that's an issue. That's, was that under virtual, that was under virtual safety car, wasn't it? That wasn't under the safety car. I'm not accident. sure. I'm or was not virtual sure safety car in existence? In, I can't remember. Um, or did they just do yellow flags in that section? I think I think it, it might have been just yellow flags. Because to be fair, if yeah, it was, if it was I don't a think there was virtual car, safety car. I don't think virtual safety car was around then actually. Yeah. But yeah, it might have just been yellow flags. But even then, do you know what I mean? Like, even if it's just just a small chance, they need to they need to look into it and and carry yeah, on making I mean, improvements. Don't, don't don't get me wrong. I I never want to see a, a horrific accident in Formula One or anyone die. I never want to see that. Nobody wants to see that. But I also, I'm but a there would be in... there would be a lot of podcast listens that that yeah. weekend. Yeah, but my, I, I'm also a firm I'm also a firm believer in like if there's a one-off freak accident, you don't need to do a whole new set of safety regulations and everything and change change the sport. It's a freak accident that can happen, and you can change the rules and still have another freak accident. You can't. Um, when you when you look at the statistics of how many Formula One drivers have died in the last I don't know twenty years in comparison to the twenty years before that, it's it's huge. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's I, almost unheard of. I, don't, um, I I think we should literally always strive to to make the sport safe yeah, within you, you reason. Do. And 
within and, reason. Or, or, and, and the thing is, it's a dangerous sport. Part of the reason, like a lot of people got into Formula One in the first place, especially back in the day, is because of the the the, the danger aspects of it. Like yeah. these 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 guys, these drivers are putting their lives on the line for entertainment, and that's that's a, that's a, and they're getting a huge adrenaline rush out of it. There's uh, James Hunt was very much like <laughs> there's 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 something about putting your life on the line driving a car a, a car so yeah. fast that that's courage, just exhilarating it's like, yeah. yeah um and that's what you want to see you want to see the best of the best just pushing man and machine to the absolute limit yeah I, I, look, I, you I, need I, that kind of fear level in there to otherwise if they if they know yeah. that it's just uh I get, well, I, I get your point. I, I get your point, and I, I sympathise to it. But I also, I just think, if there is anything we can do to prevent death or injury, or, or even, you know, reducing it by one percent, the chance of injury or death, I think we should do everything we possibly can. Yeah, but my, um, my, my, I completely agree. But my whole point is, if there is a one-off freak accident. I don't feel you should then sort of almost have like a knee-jerk reaction to then fix it. Yeah, but like I think what what what, what I was saying was those barriers split. They did. That's a fact. Like they yeah. weren't they weren't meant to behave that way. So if you have those barriers elsewhere, you you need to you need to just review it, and mm. maybe that is what your results are going to be from from like this review or this inquiry, whatever you want to call it, is. This is a freak accident. Like this could happen a million other times, and and it won't happen again. Or they could say, actually, do you know what? All the sort of the data we've had, the modelling we've been doing, it's has been wrong. This could yeah. actually happen quite, you know, quite often. Yeah, but, but I think all. there's there's a huge difference between like the Bahrain incident with Grosjean and what you would see at Monaco, because I agree. There there's there is there's a run there is a runoff area, so Grosjean had momentum off the runoff area to he was he was bouncing and he had momentum on that runoff area and then he hit the barriers they've now got tires in front of that barrier yeah at, um at Bahrain see that's one way of of making things safer yeah but you but can't not, do but, that in Monaco no that's no. a different and, and in Monaco if that if that accident was to happen in Monaco he'd just bounce off a few barriers like a pinball machine yeah because there's but, no there's no there's nowhere to go even if you went through the barrier you're hitting a wall yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, to be it's, fair, it's look, I, I, I'm, I'm sure they've they've looked into it, and yeah, whatever whatever yeah. the best thing is, they've you know they've they've done. Um, and it'll be interesting to see actually if there is any any differences in in the track this year. Yeah, because there will be actually visually. Um, I don't know if you know, like at the beginning of uh, or at the back of the um, no, yeah, at the beginning I guess of the tunnel, just yeah. on the left, it used to be C. And they're yeah. literally they're reclaiming that land and turning it into uh, into flats. Do you know that? Um, I knew there was building work going on there. I didn't realise it was going to yeah. be. No, that was flats. that was literally the sea before. And yeah, they, are, they um, are making it land and building I, I flats would, on it. I would imagine. I would imagine there must be a limit onto how high they can build them. But that's that's a that's a whole yeah. different. And I don't think that, I don't think it'll just, the, uh, the Grand that's Prix. That's just that's just it won't affect the Grand Prix, and, and that's just the whole Monaco thing. Like you can buy you can buy a property in Monaco with a sea view, and a few years later they've built an apartment block in front of your sea view. Yeah. Can so, you imagine? 
<laughs> you just pay a few million for that sea view and then oh, I haven't got Mental. it anymore. Yeah, yeah, what else did you... Um, should we do our predictions now? Because I know you want to talk Let's about a few other things. Let's do our predictions now. We'll, yeah, we'll I mean, I haven't about. got a lot to talk about. I just wanted to talk about two other drivers. And there's not too much to talk about. It's just a couple of articles I saw that I thought would be worth discussing. Let's do, um, our, but let's do predictions. Um, predictions. Have you folded the page? Have you made a note of the page? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep um, keep tradition and not not remember where I've written this, and then spend the next podcast Try looking for it. it. Yeah, fantastic. Um, All right, should I go first? Yeah, you week? go first. I think I went first last time. Pole position. Oh, go on, go on. I, I want to go for an Risk absolute... It. Come on, go, go crazy. I'm going with a Lewis Hamilton pole. Yeah. Are you sure? You want to go for like an outsider? I was thinking about going for an outsider, but... I, no, I'm gonna, I've, I've, got my, I've got my top five all set. All right, go on. I'm going to go Hamilton race win. Yeah. I'm going to go Verstappen second. Yeah. And I'm not going to have Bottas or Perez in my top five. I'm going Ricardo, Norris, Leclerc. Wow, that'd be a good weekend for McLaren. Yeah. I, I, I just feel like Daniel Ricardo loves Monaco and he's going to be buzzing. And I just, I, I reckon he can get on the podium this weekend. Nice. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for, just to be different, I'm going to go for Verstappen on pole. I thought he's, looking at you on camera, I thought he was going to say Bottas. I was like, no. No, do you know what? <laughs> Actually, I am going to go for Bottas on pole. Oh, dear. No, Bottas pole. Somehow, Bottas doesn't win the race. So, Bottas, <laughs> pole, Verstappen wins the race, Hamilton second, Bottas falls all the way to third, then Norris, and then Fernando Alonso. Oh, you... So, do you know what? I was, trying to, I was trying to bait you to go for something like, something a little bit, little bit out there, and then I was going to go like really safe. Um, I, I, thought, think... I, thought, I thought my top five was a bit out there. No, it was, it was. It didn't start that way because you've gone, you've oh, gone quite safe, but then you do end I can't it quite see, wild, I, I can't really see many people getting ahead of Hamilton and Verstappen all season. Now, nah, mate, so this is what's going to happen. Bottas is going to do something weird, like grow his beard, and then he's going to win the race, and everyone's going to say, oh my God, this is, this is Bottas 3.0. Yeah, it's, it's, he'll go for like a porn star moustache when he'll go for like handlebars or something. Mate, it's the weirdest thing, like the obsession that everyone had. Like he literally, he won like a race, and he had a beard. So they were like, "Yeah, that this is this is a new Bottas." It's like he's won a race, mm. you know. Anyway, what else did you want to talk about, Alex? So whilst we're whilst we're on Bottas, um, I wanted to talk about two drivers, Bottas and Lando Norris. Um, so to start with Bottas. I saw that Toto Wolf has made the comment. That Bottas's speed is enormous. Um, which Agreed. He does have he does have great speed, and I know like every every episode we sort of take the mick that I, 
I hate Bottas and I don't dislike Bottas. I just don't think he's going to ever beat Hamilton. And he does have enormous speed and he's shown that in qualifying. And he's shown it at Williams. And he's shown it at Williams. Yeah, Um, he he just doesn't have... He's he's not a racing ability. Yeah. It's It's not the racing ability. It's just like it whatever it is whatever whatever yeah. makes verstappen and hamilton and alonso different that's what he doesn't have yeah exactly like, exactly martin brundle was again like the fourth martin brundle mentioned on this podcast but like he was a good driver but mm. he just didn't have it whatever it was that yeah. senna had he just didn't have it you know Wasn't martin brundle was also teammate to Schumacher as well wasn't yeah, he so he was like, he's not had it easy but no. still like what like Schumacher had it you know mm. uh, Massa didn't Barrichello yeah. didn't but Schumacher did Wh- mm. whatever it is is what um, what Valtteri Bottas is missing in my opinion but yeah. I agree with I agree with with Toto he does have great pace he does take the fight to uh, to Hamilton in qualifying but then when it gets to the race just it's hard to get it all together every single race. And that's what Hamilton does. He's too dependent on something happening to Hamilton. And, and that's not going to happen. Like Lewis Hamilton, in his time at Mercedes, has failed to finish in the points nine times. So since 2013, only nine times has Hamilton not scored points for Mercedes. How do you compete with that? Yeah, but to be fair, like... How- Hamilton's, is a, is a Hamilton's not scored points. Hamilton's not scored points the same amount of times as Bottas has won a race. Bottas has nine wins for Mercedes. Yeah, that's pretty. That's so a, that's a statistic. If you're, if you're a teammate, how do you compete with that? Yeah, no, that is a, quite a statistic. But I don't know, like who that, who, who looks bad in that case. Because imagine it was the other <laughs> way around. No, imagine, imagine uh, Bottas had as many DNFs as Lewis Hamilton had race wins. He would be on like 67 DNFs, which would be insane or something crazy like that. <laughs> but it's a, it's a statistic. It's yeah. a statistic, isn't it? It's one of those things. And look, I, I do think he's, Bottas will forever, at Mercedes will forever be a number two. And it, it's not nice to say that about a driver because you do want to try Like He's a nice bloke. You want him to succeed, and he's a good driver, but he's not going to beat Lewis Hamilton. And yeah. I don't think he's going to be there next season. Yeah. No, but maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe we're going to have, we're going to have George. And like, do you know what? I actually shake it up a little bit. I, I, would like to, I would like to see George Russell in that seat. I think um, you've got to. I think, I think you've got to see if... I think it would be good to see if Hamilton can find another level. Because like, Hamilton is arguably the best driver. He is the greatest driver of all time. Statistically, anyway. Have you um, ever seen Dragon Ball Z? No. Okay. Okay. If anyone has, it's like, anyway, he turns into like Super Saiyan, which is like he, his hair goes yellow and he gets stronger. Okay. And then when like the next big character comes in, he can't beat him. He turns into Super Saiyan 2. Okay. And then he beats that boss. Then when another one comes in and he can't beat him, he turns into Super Saiyan 3. And it goes on and on and on and on. 
And now we are currently at Super Saiyan God. Okay, yeah. so like it, it, it escalates. So yeah, I would be surprised if like Lewis Hamilton does have another level. But that's what you need to see. That's what, as a yeah. fan, that's what no, you exactly. want to see. I, you want and to see him. George Russell has got the capability. George Russell, we know he's fast. We know he's consistent. And he's going to have, he gets into that Mercedes. He's like, right, I want to be world champion now. And he's going to go all out for it. And he's going to push Hamilton. He's going to give Hamilton a bigger fight than Rosberg did. Yeah, do you know but maybe that? less aggression. Obviously, look, me and you, we're team, team Russell here for the, next, for the next season, right? For Mercedes. Yeah. But I wonder if they, we actually went into, into Mercedes HQ. We sat down with Toto Wolf and the engineers and they actually gave us like, all the data, all the different data points. And they were like, look, this is what it means. This is what we're seeing from the data. This is, you know, sort of their behavior profiles, which I'm sure they would have like, analyzed and they will have all the possible information that they have. I wonder if we would still go for the same, if we'd still make the same decision. I don't know. Yeah, Possibly. quite interesting. I mean, I mean, from what we see, you can't argue with, with George Russell's pace. He, he, yeah. he puts that Williams where it shouldn't qualify. Now, I'll, um, um, I'll, I'll drop them a line so. and see if they want to set that up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure they will. I mean, we're, we're huge. Massive. Um, who, you want to talk about Lando as well? Yeah, I want to talk about Lando Norris. Because ma- mainly because it kind of Andreas Seidel kind of touched on something we'd highlighted. I can't remember if it was last week now, actually, when we were saying how we've got so many future world champions in Max Verstappen, George Russell, Lando Norris, Charles Leclerc, Ricardo, Sainz, and yeah, Andreas Seidel's kind of confirmed what we were saying. He was, and he was basically urging Norris to kind of take this opportunity whilst Lewis Hamilton's here on the grid, learn from him learn how he he sort of handles the whole season because Lando Norris has gone up another level this season. And oh yeah, he has. He he he's taken on more of a leadership role within the team. Didn't see Ricardo in the promotion video for the new livery. Like the attention was on Lando Norris like Daniel yeah. Ricardo's a big money signing that they've they've brought into the team. Um big money driver. Yet Lando Norris was the face of the McLaren Golf livery. Yeah, I don't um, think it's weird that they only had one driver. I think that's normal no, because the video is like, it's, it's like telling a story a little bit. Yeah, but it's the fact that they chose Lando Norris. Yeah. And for me, I don't think that's anything against Daniel Ricciardo. It's just, it's just showing that Lando Norris is taking on more of a leadership role within yeah. the team. We're, we're, um, reading, we're reading into it. Do you reckon it was like literally like name out of a hat? Name out of a hat, sorry. <laughs> Probably. Like maybe Ricciardo couldn't get a flight out of, out yeah. of Nice Airport or something. <laughs> Yeah, um, I love like I do reckon sometimes like people like read into something like, oh my god, like what's happened here? Like, what what does this mean? And then it's like, oh yeah, like there was no no flights from from Nice to uh, <laughs> to Gatwick or wherever wherever the yeah. airport is. But I, I, do you know what? It's 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 a comment from Andreas Seidel because we were getting excited talking about it and, about all the future uh, world champions. Seidel and, is proper. Yeah, and, and he's, this, I'll, I'll, I'll read you, I'll quote, I'll quote him, I'll read you what he says. He says, I have to smile to be honest reading all these comments about future world champions because if you read all the comments from the last 12 months, we have a lot of future world champions at the moment on the grid and I'm questioning where all these guys will drive because there can only be one champion each year. That's what I said last week. He's, he's excited. He's, he's as excited as all of the fans and I love that. 
And, and I it's, love that it's at McLaren. It's not very sidle-like to, to be like that. He's normally quite reserved. Um, yeah. And very German in his way of doing things. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, look, obviously he, he obviously must rate Lando. But it's what I said last, um, last week. There is literally like seven future world champions. And they're yeah. not all going to be. They're not all going to be world champions. Mm. So some some are going to miss out. I think the the I think the person most at risk of missing missing out is is Daniel Ricciardo, purely yeah, because age. age is not age isn't on his side in comparison to those other drivers. And um and now yeah. he's got a fight on his hands as well. Yeah, with a with like, another potential champion. That's the thing. Is you know he's. Look, obviously a Red Bull, it was what it was, but that car wasn't really up there to, uh, you know, for him to be a world champion in. Then he went into uh, Renault where he comfortably had the, the advantage over his teammate. He chose to abandon that project. Now he's going to McLaren. All things are looking positive, but he's got another, quote-unquote, like Max Verstappen next to him. Yeah, I was about to mention that because obviously at Red Bull... It's it's obvious that like Daniel Ricciardo is the last driver to have ever sort of been able to match Verstappen and sort of equal equal his teammate and challenge his teammate. Um, no other Red Bull number two has yeah. done that with Verstappen. So he then chose to leave that team for various reasons, but it would seem pretty obvious he didn't really want to compete with Verstappen. To be sort of the number one at Red Bull, yeah, because they were they were about the same so, level as you said. Yeah, and, and they that were favouring Verstappen, and that was a weak Verstappen. That was yeah. a Verstappen who was making mistakes every weekend. Yeah, and they were favouring him. Do you think maybe we could do a whole episode on this? But do you think Ricardo has now found himself back in that situation he left at Red Bull with a little, a, a little bit with a with a potential? Because even back then, everyone was saying Max Verstappen's a future world champion. And people are saying Lando Norris is a future world champion. And Lando Norris is kind of his team at the moment. Like, Look, the, the best ever move has got to be Lewis Hamilton, right? From, <laughs> from McLaren to Mercedes. Because everyone's like, you're nuts doing it. But he does it anyway. And he yep. has, he's the man and he has the car. So yep. the move to make. So... Um, Ricardo has gone to Renault being the man mm-hmm. but not having the car. The car, yeah. And now he's going to McLaren hoping that they have the car thinking he was going to be the man and now maybe he won't be and, and that's going to be an issue. Yeah. And, and he was, look, he did well to, to leave to leave um, to leave Red Bull when he did because the more I think about it firstly he wouldn't have won the championship so there was no point being there yes he would have had more race yeah. wins to his name but he wouldn't have won the uh, the championship but I genuinely think he would have been humbled a little bit by Verstappen by this Verstappen mm. yeah and or it would have pushed a Ricardo to it we'd have had a different Ricardo maybe maybe it was yeah one or the other I reckon it could have it could have hurt his stock and yeah it's something else I've alluded to a few times when you have a tight championship, you need to have a clear one, a clear two. Yeah, absolutely. You, you can't have these guys literally like taking points away from each other. Mm. You know, if you win, like if you're Red Bull and you win a race, it needs to be Verstappen. Because imagine, imagine Perez starts winning races this season. Yeah. It means that neither him nor Verstappen is going to be that world champion. 
Yeah. Because when, when the Red Bull is quicker, they'll split their wins. But when Mercedes is quicker, Hamilton will, will win that race. So Yeah. I think the only way that works is when you find yourself in the situation Mercedes were in, where nobody was challenging them. And the championship was just between Hamilton and Rosberg. Yeah. In, in that situation, yeah, exactly. then, it, then, it, then it pays to have two drivers like that. Yeah, because um, but otherwise this season, no competition. Yeah. I mean, this season, for example, like, the seasons that Bottas has been at Mercedes, he's not really challenged Hamilton. It's been, it's been plain sailing for him, really. Yeah. But this season, now we're seeing the role of the number two with both Red Bull and, and Mercedes. So, yeah, I, I think, yeah, like, like we said, in a situation where you're the only team challenging for the title anyway, it doesn't matter which drivers you have, they're going to fight each other for the title. But when there's other teams involved, you need to have a clear number one, number two. Yeah. Fine, let's, uh, let's wrap it up talking about the, uh, the self-proclaimed the man who survived fire, Roman Grosjean. Yeah. Yep. Um, he, look, just he's, he's having the time of his life at the moment. Yeah, yeah. He he said how much he, he how much he enjoyed being back at the front of the grid. Yeah, with a pole pole position, um, podium finish, second place in in IndyCar. And he's going to be testing with Mercedes. Yeah, um, absolutely fantastic for him. Yeah, now I'm, I'm, fair play, well done. Because look, this, this guy genuinely had pace when he was in like in F two, and he's he's finished on a podium multiple times with with Lotus slash Renault, wherever, wherever yeah. it was at the time. And yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Things have not, have not worked out for him in, in Formula One the way I think he was hoping. And I think there are some decisions where, you know, maybe he, he didn't do the right thing. Yeah. Um, thinking, for example, Spain 2018 Grand Prix, where he's lit literally in the middle of the track. And he's, he's lit up his tyres. Yeah, and put his foot down. Yeah. While, while in the middle of... Yeah. Anyway. He is a nice guy. He is, yeah. And I do like him. And I'm glad things are, are, are sort of, you know, looking, looking good for him. Yeah, I think as well, he's got to look back and think, do you know what? Despite not having won a championship or as races that he'd like to have won, etc., etc., he's had a long career in Formula 1. Was it 10 years in Formula 1? That's, yeah. that's, that's I think a over form- 10 years. That's a, well, regardless, 10 years or more, that's a decent stint in Formula 1. Um, yeah, and you're one of the top twenty drivers in the world. So, yeah, he's, he's, had, he's had a good stint. He's 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 had a good career, and now he gets to still enjoy racing in fast cars in IndyCar. Yeah. Did you know that his wife was his therapist? I didn't know that at all. No. No. Yeah. Who was her yeah. therapist? No. No. Who was who was hers? Like, yeah. She she <laughs> needed she needed one as well. Yeah. Now fair play to him. Anyway, yeah. look, let's, um, let's wrap it up. Do you want to tell people where to find us this week? You can find us everywhere. You can find us on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Hyper, H-Y-P-R-R, all under the tag F1 Ramble. Yeah, so everywhere, those four places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah.